Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. All right, welcome back to episode 177, Two Drunk Brothers, the podcast. Me and Ethan tonight, me being Travis, if you don't know who I am, if you can't tell my voice by 177 episodes, tonight we are going to talk to you, uh, we're going to recap, do some uh, you know, covering of the football games that happened this past weekend. We're going to do a segment of contenders or pretenders for NFL. Now that we are through three seasons, and then we're going <clears> to <throat> obviously do our Degenerates Digest. Um, through three weeks of NFL, I think some true colors are starting to show. And I'm glad. I'm glad that it's not super vanilla. We have we have some teams that are shit in the bed, some teams that are kind of performing uh, above expectations. Yeah, I agree. I think that this week really started to – to show, like you said, true colors, starting to see who teams really are, who teams want to be. And I think the teams that we thought were, you know, for sure contenders, Super Bowl favorites are starting to show that they may not be so much on the other side. The flip side, we've got teams that we thought maybe wouldn't win five games this year that look like they might make the playoffs. And we'll get into those specific teams later, but kind of an interesting NFL season to start the year. I think both just as a fan and as a fantasy person, I think we're starting to see that things are not going quite in the direction that we thought they would with several teams and several players. Yeah. I mean, it's been kind of crazy, uh, you know, not as a whole, but there's some teams that have not looked good and there's some teams that have looked really phenomenal, phenomenal phenomenal so we'll get into that it has been a long night me and ethan pre-gamed a little bit playing some rocket league we had to hop on we always do it every week pre-game with rocket league hop on so i'm a few drinks deep i don't know if ethan's a few drinks deep i'm a i'm a couple i wouldn't say a few um i'm on my second i think so not even a couple we're one and a half deep but uh all right yeah, no, it's I, rocket I, league is good to play before the podcast because it gets the anger out from the yeah, week it's before. good for the soul. You can just forget good about for the soul. all your shit bets <laughs> that you had, which we had a lot of them. We'll full admit that that we're going on week three of just not not hitting the market. Man, we have been right on the edge. It's been rough of a lot of bets. Yeah, um, not speaking for myself because I have I have missed the mark through three weeks. I'll take the blame for that, Jarrett has had some hit or miss weeks, um, you know, some bad beats. Ethan had a couple, had a really good week and then followed by a rough week and then followed by a week where he had some bad beats. So we're, we're turning the tide this week. I'm putting it on the line. I'm saying it. I am laying the, laying the wood down. 
Yeah, Here's where my foundation starts. I'd say I'd put money on it, but I've been doing that every week already. So I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to put, put money, money this time. <laughs> this time I'm putting money on it. Here we are. Ethan is drinking whiskey. Yep. Uh, Jack Daniels, Tennessee honey, to be exact. Feeling good tonight. All right. Transfusions for your boy. Tito's grape juice, ginger ale, transfusions, good golf course drink. Or not, not in the golf course, but I'm pretending like I am. Like I don't spend my whole fucking life there. Um, but we're here. Here we are. Week three of NFL in the books. Let's recap a little bit of what of you know what we have to talk about. Uh, starting things off, I want to I want to talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Is it time? I think it is. I think it's Kenny Pickett time. I I think it has to be. If you're if you want to salvage any part of the season, you got to give Kenny Pickett a chance. Now, if they're if they have other plans, if they're truly trying to maybe tank and get some decent picks next year because they just know that they don't have a shot, then sure, whatever. But I I don't know how you can run Mitch Trubisky out there for another week and think that you're going to be successful because I just haven't seen it yet. By the way, the audio fault, the audio part was my fault. I had my speaker through my headphones and not my actual speaker. <laughs> I don't know why that had anything to do with it, but we are fixed. Um, but yeah, uh, I think w- this is a winnable team. Like you can win with this team that you have. Mitch Trubisky is not going to get you there. Uh, and I think we've yeah. seen that through three weeks. I don't know how much longer they're going to give it. I don't know if they're going to give it a full year, but I think why waste a winnable team? with the offensive product you've seen that Mitch Trubisky provides. Uh, so we're on the same boat there. Um, what, what did you have? What, any takeaways, any games that you want to talk about in particular? Yeah, I've got three that I really want to talk about. And one of them is I have a handful as well. I was going to kick it back. But uh, the, the first one that I really wanted to talk about was the Eagles, I think are for real. Like it's, I didn't want to believe it the first two weeks, and it may still be too early. But and I know they played the Commanders, so whatever, give or take. But they just they look complete on both sides of the ball. Jalen Hurts is showing that you know he he has improved and developed over the off season, and he's really carrying this team who has a lot of really good weapons to a pretty dominant first three games of the season. Yeah, um, I I say that I want to see more out of this team, but looking at their schedule, they have probably one of the most cake schedules in the entire NFL. It's very easy. They don't really play anyone outside their comfort zone. I mean, they play obviously everyone in their division. Um, They played the Cowboys, which obviously, I mean, not great Uh, outside that no one in their division is worth a damn. Uh, They play the Packers. Saints, I guess, if you want to call that, like Colts. Like, I don't know. Really this team, it, yeah. th- their schedule is not hard. And I think we're going to find out this this week who the pretender is. We might talk about it in this next segment because they played the Jags this week. We'll yeah. find out a lot about each team. I think we'll find out a little bit more about the Jaguars than the Eagles because I feel like it's a pretty easy game for them. But on the flip side, like, I don't think we're going to get to see much of this Eagles team underperform with the schedule they have. Yeah. I mean, the more that I look at their schedule, I'm like, <laughs> are they going to win 15 games? Cause they, I, I mean, they could, the, 
the hardest game they play is the Packers, and even them, like being it's a team, at home. I know that they are not a complete football team, and so they might run in or not run in because yeah, they're at home. They might bring the Packers into town, and they might just like run all over them. But that's the hardest game I think they have outside of that. Like you know, maybe the Cardinals show up because they're on the road. Maybe they have a tough game against the Titans. Maybe they have. A this is a game. schedule. This is a schedule I look at, and I can see them winning. Uh, 14 games. Easy. Yeah. There's also a schedule I look at and I can see them call me nuts. I, and I'm not a huge Eagles believer yet, but just looking at their schedule, I could see them winning out. Yeah. It's, it's kind of crazy. Am I crazy to, to say that? <laughs> you're, you're not crazy to say it. I do see them. I could easily see them dropping. They'll drop a game. They will yeah. drop, but I'm saying they play their best football. They could beat all these teams on their schedule. Yeah, I think their floor is 11 wins. And that might be crazy in itself to say, but I think that's their floor. Oh, yeah. So, I, I I'm putting them around 13 wins. Yeah. And that and that's a little bit conservative. Just with their schedule they have. Okay. Yeah, I I mean I'm not going to say that they're legit, that they're a great team because there definitely are teams that can beat them. Whether or not they play them in the regular season, not really a possibility because I, I see their schedule and it's not too many dangerous teams, but what you got to do. And I've been a believer in this. You play the teams that are in front of you. That's all you can do. You yep. can, you're not going to impress anyone. You got to play who's in front of you, especially the NFL. So if they go 17 and zero, they go 14 and three. So be it. They play the teams in front of them. Uh, well, we'll I have them in, in this next segment. So I don't want to dive too far too far into the Eagles, but yeah, I believe so. Um, One team that I wanted to talk about because they're not a contender or a pretender at all. It's the Las Vegas Raiders. What the fuck is going on? Yeah. I, I wish I could tell you, I I will say, I think part of it is that people overhype them going into the season. And I don't know if that necessarily got to the players heads by any means. I don't think that that's how they, they play, but just after three weeks, man, it's like, what what is this offense doing? You've got so many weapons. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're getting Devontae Adams involved enough. So after week one, I was like, oh, yeah, I like it. You know, cool. They lost, but they lost to the Chargers by five points. Devontae Adams had a big game. I like their direction moving forward. Week two, yeah. week three, who's a perfect defense to – really hone in on Devontae Adams and target them because you play the Cardinals and the Titans. who don't have the world's best secondaries. Uh, they did nothing. He got shut, not really shut down, but they didn't really get him involved. Derek Carr's looked horrible. Uh, they're not getting blown out in games, but going 0-3, yes, they have played quality teams, but I can very well see them being 0-5. Uh, and then maybe like winning one game in their first eight. Like it's not looking good for them the way that they're trending. Yep. And you, you said it best with the Eagles is you have to play the teams that are in front of you and you probably are going to have a difficult schedule. And if you're going to start out and three against, they might be, like you said, they're quality teams, but if you want to be in contention, those are the teams you have to beat. You have to prove yourself. You got to prove yourself early on. They haven't done that. I don't know if they're going to do that. They're, they're gonna, I think they'll pick it up, but it's going to, to me potentially come down to just like it did last season. And then it's week 17, week 18, 
you're a game out of the playoffs. You're playing somebody like the Chiefs because I think they play the Chiefs week 18 to get in, and yep. they end up losing that game. Is what I is what I can see happening right now. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if they were one and two heading this week, it wouldn't be a big deal. They dropped the game at home against the Cardinals, too. Worth out their best wide receiver. Also haven't looked very great. Now you head to a game versus the Broncos, who it's like, this is a prove-yourself game for those two teams. Uh, either way, I don't know what's going on. I wasn't super high on them. I looked at. I remember when we did the uh, AFC West preview, I looked at their roster, who they lost, who they gained. I wasn't buying into the hype or like the, oh, Raiders are super uh, playoff contenders. But to be 0-3 and to look as bad as they have, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. yeah. We'll see. We'll see what they what they do this week, though, and if they actually want to come out and play. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Yeah. Who you got um, next? Yeah, I got uh the Homer pick, the person that I wanted to cover, the team that I wanted to cover, sorry. And it's the Packers after that Bucks game. I've just got so many question marks. They came out, they looked really, really good in the first half. And then just kind of like last year, that this team last year had a lot of issues in not showing up in the second half, and they did the exact same thing with the Bucks, and it almost cost them. Uh lucky. I thought they were gonna game. I thought they about lost the game at the end. Yep. Well, had there not been a delay a game, I think Brady converts that two-point conversion, and then it literally comes down to a coin flip. And so they could have easily gone out there, lost the coin toss, lost the game. So uh, the fact that it was even a win this past weekend was uh, a gift. And then if they play like that in the second half against other teams, they're not going to win those games. For sure. Yeah, I mean, it. it and on the other end, it is hard to get going against that Tampa Bay defense. Their run game never really got going. On the other hand, you did successfully call out the Romeo Dubs, the year of the Dubs. It it, it all eight it targets, took, man. eight catches. All it took was Sammy Watkins to be hurt and Christian Watson to be hurt for him to have the game. And now I think that if Sammy Watkins comes back, he's going to see a lot less time. I I mean, he's been what I think the Packers thought he was going to be for them. Like Sammy Watkins, a couple catches a game, getting open in space uh, occasionally, making a big play. But Romeo Dubs, I think, is going to be the guy that, and I'm going to say this out loud so people don't confuse me, he is not replacing Devontae Adams, but I think he is the closest in skill set to Devontae Adams and how they play the game. Not in talent, but just how they play the game. So yeah, big I mean, guy he, needs to, route run. he needs to be out there on 75% of snaps. Yeah. hundred percent. For sure. 100%. He'll For never sure. replace yeah. nobody on this 
receiving core will ever replace Devontae Adams, but he's going to be the next guy, in my opinion, to turn into a star for the Packers. Might take a few years, but I think he'll be that guy eventually. And on the other side of things, the Tampa Bay Bucks, uh, not a great looking game for them. No, at all. And I know they points. We're missing everybody. In they the haven't really game, had an impressive game. No, they haven't had a, an impressive game with their quality receiving core. I get they were missing Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Julio Jones. Don't get me wrong, but everybody was saying like, "Oh, Brady didn't have his his talent around him." I'm like, "Okay, well, Rodgers was throwing to Alan Lazard, Romeo Dubs, and fucking." 38 year old Randall Cobb. Like, wh- is was that any better than Russell Gage, Scotty Miller, and Cole Beasley? Because I don't think so. So they just didn't show up. Yeah. I mean, they still have yet to score over 20. They've scored 20, but not over 20 in their first three games. They go play the Chiefs this weekend. We'll see how things go. Like in week three, we have enough to kind of analyze these teams, but week four is going to be like make or break point in terms of the season with a lot of these teams. Yeah. Um, so you had the Packers. I want to talk about the Chiefs, uh, the Chiefs that I had bet on. What an ugly yep. fucking game. How do you go to the Colts who are 0-1-1 and lose to the Colts who have looked that bad? and want to call yourselves Super yeah. Bowl contenders or ASC West winners. I don't understand. Yeah, I know they just made a lot of mental mistakes, I feel like. Like, I know Travis Kelsey dropped a big pass. Um, something happened on special teams, I think. I can't remember. But there was that Chris Jones penalty at the end that led him to that thing. Right now? What? Do you hear that? Uh-uh. Well, that's good. Okay, so a video just started playing on my computer randomly, and I was like, oh, my God, that's all over the podcast. Um, no, so, I didn't sorry. hear it. Interrupted for no reason. Continue. <laughs> but, yeah, so there's that in the Chris Jones penalty, uh, which may have been soft when you're looking at it. However, if they're going to throw a flag, who knows what was said? I don't know if it was came out what was said or if anyone said that. What? I haven't seen anything was said there, but had to have been pretty bad. Um, either way, you know, not great. Uh, the Chiefs on the other side got to score more than four. You got to score more than 17 points against the, Col- against the Colts. Uh, Andy Reid lost the game. The kicker lost the game. Uh, you miss an easy kick, and then you want to f- – so you fake the kick the time before, and then you want to kick it when it comes down to it and it means something. You're giving that kicker zero confidence going into that. Matt Amendola, not horrible, but not a great kicker. Uh, mm. Also, Harrison Bucker, get the fuck over. You you sprained your ankle in week one. You literally rolled over on your ankle. How can you not have 14 days to get the fuck over it? Blows my mind. Yeah, I don't know. But that was not a good-looking game for the Chiefs. If anything, I guess maybe this will jumpstart the Colts. I kind of doubt it, but we'll see. I doubt it. Too. I mean, they should not have won this game. The Chiefs just looked that bad. Yep. So. Um, I got one more. I'll make it real quick uh, because I want to fill you in Jarrett's head a little bit. But uh, Dolphins, the best team in the AFC East? Question mark. That game was. Impressive. I mean, 
Yeah, it was impressive. So before the game, they Micah Hyde, obviously. Uh, right. Tredavious. Tredavious White. Right. And then, God damn it, I can't think of their other one. Jordan Poyer. So they obviously their biggest three secondary pieces are out of the game. So I'm like, okay, if we're going to beat the Bills, this is the game to do it. We'll never beat them if we can't beat them without those three. And then they go in. And the offensive game plan, really weird. They weren't attacking much in the passing game like they were in the first two weeks. I don't know if they were trying to play conservative or what. And this is exactly what we talked about last week where the defense complements the offense, and that's what happened this week. Like the defense kind of held their held their game. They were out, possessed, two to one. I think it was like 40 minutes to 19, something like that, something close to that. What a win, though. And then you got all these Bills crying, saying that they were playing their second strings and won by two points. Well, I think what was most impressive to me is that the offense didn't win the Dolphins this game. And people are like, well, the Dolphins gave up over 500 total yards of offense. Yeah, but they stepped up when it mattered because their defense was incredible that game. Um, They let... Josh Allen go up and down the field, but as soon as they got anywhere within striking distance, they stepped it up and it showed because you had over 500 yards of offense, but only 19 points to show for it. So I think that's what impressed me the most is just the, I guess the grit of the Dolphins defense. And I think people have to start giving that team credit. You can believe in Tua. You can not believe in Tua. I, I think that this is a team that where the quarterback is not necessarily the focal point of their success now granted yes i get it plays a big part i don't think it plays as big of a part as like you take aaron Rodgers off the packers and they might not win a game i think if you take right and incomes well granted teddy bridgewater didn't look great when he came in but that team has enough talent on both sides of the ball to where i think they can still be successful and the way two is playing two will need to be the quarterback if teddy bridgewater gets brought in the team has no chance but he does not need to win them games i mean we saw this past weekend uh, Josh Allen, 42 of 63 with 400 yards, two touchdowns, led the game in rushing with 47 yards. But Jalen Waddle led the game in receiving with 102 yards. And when we saw it, it I mean, I don't know what else to say. Like the Dolphins did what they did to win this game. Can't take anything away from it. If you want to say, oh, the heat in Miami, it, it everyone was cramping up. Okay. Like, what happens whenever tropical players have to go play in the cold weather? I mean, the Dolphins do it every year. They go to New England. They go to New York. They go to Buffalo late in the season. Uh, so you just got to get over it. Like that's how that's it is what it is. Um, and on the other side of things, you look at Tua, and people are saying that he shouldn't have come back into the game, and they're crying because of his the concussion that he had, and then they're saying those something that was going on in his back. I mean, he came out and won. Like, are you are you that scared of Tua to where <laughs> he won him out of the game? Yeah. Uh, I don't really know what else to say. And then on top of that, you want to say that the Bills were playing their second string corners. The Dolphins had started a undrafted free agent in Cater uh, Kohu, and then are also missing their second cornerback in Byron Jones, who is one of the most highest paid corners in the league. So. Eat, eat shit, eat shit, Bills fans. I don't hear that many Bills Bills fans complaining when teams have to come up and play in ten degree weather in January. So, 
you know, yeah, just they will this year. Just wait, just wait. <laughs> uh, yeah, they look good. Um, going to Thursday night football this week should be a good one. Might talk about it a little bit later. Uh, I got a couple others. One, uh, are the Chargers in trouble? Justin Herbert, I don't know what's going on. He lost me for my fantasy matchup this weekend because he decided to be a big old brave boy and play with hurt ribs. Yeah, well, that's my my biggest thing is I, I don't think the Chargers are in trouble. I think it was just a product of him playing when he shouldn't have, and that's but, both on him and the coaches and the medical team. But I think they should have just sat him for a week, take the L because you took it anyways, and get him fully healthy. And now, yeah, I mean, I guess they could be in a little bit of trouble because maybe he comes out this week and he's still not 100%, and maybe he's like that for the rest of the year. But we'll we'll just have to see. And that's the thing. Like, you got two road games coming up. Granted, the first one, I mean, for no game is easy in the NFL. I'm not going to say it's hard, but you're coming up against the Texans uh, who can play you tough. It might be, you might be able to win it with a banged up Justin Herbert, but then you go to the Browns and you have the Browns defensive line. You do not want them hitting Justin Herbert with those ribs. Yeah. I, I almost say if he still is like up in the air in terms of his health status, you sit him this week. You take your chances you have to. with Chase Daniel trying to get you a win against the Texans. Chase Daniel can beat the Texans. Yeah, I, I mean, again, it's kind of one of those teams to where, you know, I don't think Chase Daniel is going to lose you a game if the pieces around him play the way they're supposed to. You just play a little more conservative. You let your defense handle what they need to handle, and you Which try to they haven't win really, a, they win haven't a really been able to. But well, fair, yeah. You just gave up thirty eight to the Jaguars, but um, if you can rest him for a week and then get him back to near or at a hundred percent for the rest of the season, then great. If you have him playing yeah. at 80, 85% all season, you might be in trouble. Yeah. You cannot have him playing with that lingering injury all year long. You get like sit him early rather than having you having him play through it for the next few weeks. And then you're 500 and then it comes back to bite you whenever you need him most. Um, so yeah, that, you're going to have a guy who is not like, you know, Lamar Jackson mobile, but is a mobile quarterback who's going to be afraid to move out of the pocket. And then you're going to have a guy who is known for his accuracy, not throwing accurate balls because every time he tries to turn his torso, he has to wince to get it down the field. So you're going to have, you're going to lose two very big aspects of Justin Herbert's game if you don't get him healthy. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. For sure. For sure. So week three NFL in the books. We're moving on to week four. Like I said, we'll see a little bit more 
of what teams have to offer. Before we move on to contenders or pretenders, do you have any storylines or anything you want to talk about? Could be whatever. Doesn't have to be. Yeah, I I have one. Well, I guess technically two, because you all know I'm a baseball guy, and I'm sure that you would want to talk about it too. Is Pools obviously hit his seven hundredth last week? Um at the beginning of se- of the season, I'd have called you crazy. There were people I to see it, but there were people whenever we whenever we put a post up on our Twitter page or a poll up that this said they w- he wouldn't get there and they look like idiots. Yeah. Had had back in February you would have said that I'd been like no shot. Like I I'm I would love to see it. I would have banked on him to hit maybe 15 this year and get very close. But then he just after the All-Star break, I feel like I don't know, maybe him getting into the home run derby just really kind of jolted some energy into him. We can talk about juiced balls or whatever. I can tell you Right now, for everybody who's like, Pools is juicing, obviously I don't know 100%, but if the dude hasn't juiced in the 21 years of his career and has been tested over and over and over and over again and during the PED era did not get uh, caught for using anything, why would he do it at 42 years old on a contending team when he gets his last year, his last hurrah? That is not what it is. If like, it's juice balls, sure. not He's not juicing himself. Yeah, no, and... I'm not going to say it doesn't mean anything to him because obviously he does. I'm sure he cares a lot about it and he's very proud to be in that 700 club. But I don't think it means the world to him. Like he was retiring either way. Yeah. If he wasn't retiring either way, he would have been juicing to try to get there. I see people saying that he on Twitter that, you know, like he's juicing, yada, yada, yada. Uh, I know before his that where he hit 700, me and Ethan were playing Xbox together, and I was like, and they changed pitchers. I was like, oh, he's hitting it. <laughs> Something just sounds set up that he's hitting it. Yeah. Hung that slider, hit 700 in LA. It's a shame that he couldn't hit it in St. Louis. That would have been just like fairy tale type stuff. However, I knew I kind of had a feeling you were going to bring this up. There was something going around. I'm sure everyone that's listening has seen this before, but on average. His trout around the bases. Have you seen this? 26 (laughs) seconds. He has spent a total of five hours rounding the bases just in home runs in his career. Oh, I thought it was eight. Oh, I saw five. I mean, either way, it's still a shit ton of hours. You're spending almost a quarter of your day running around the bases. I mean, I guess in the grand scheme of things, yeah, it's not that much. But when you think about it, it's kind of crazy. Um, and then the only last thing I wanted to mention about this is like how shitty that it was on Apple TV, like potentially the worst broadcast crew, the worst contract in MLB history. That's not player related. Like it, <laughs> I, I just don't, under, I mean, Bobby Vanilla still takes that, but it just makes no sense to me. And they did it on purpose and I get it because you paid this money, like put it on the program when something big's about to happen. But you just ruined a perfectly good call from Dan McLaughlin, who has been killing the pools home run calls all year long. And you know that had to hurt his feelings. Like I just I'm sure. That. I'm sure. But however, on the flip side, I'll be devil's advocate here. I'm not saying I liked it, but everyone did everyone could have seen it that way. Yeah. I feel like it yeah. might have reached more eyes. In a sense, because otherwise it's just St. Louis and L.A. broadcast. No, right. To, to be fair, though, they, they could have interrupted college football games. No, to show fuck. And Aaron Judge at bats. Jesus Christ, man. So M- Mizzou played 
I, I don't know. I it might have been just more than Mizzou games. Mizzou oh, it played happened on, on the Simpson broadcast too. So yeah. So anyone that was on ESPN broadcast on Saturday morning on football, the Yankees played a day game. So anytime Aaron Judge came to bat, they side by sided the game, cut the audio from football. I'm pretty sure and played the MLB broadcast, and they called the MLB on just stupid, the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh, and one thing I saw too was in that Clemson game specifically. They they put up that like judge graphic before they switched over to the broadcast, and they completely cut off an entire play of the football game to show that transition graphic into the game because that he like they just hiked the ball. And then the graphic pops up. And then as soon as the graphic goes away, the play is over. And I'm like, how pissed would you be if you're somebody who could give two shits about Aaron judge? You just want to watch Clemson play. And then you miss a big play because they show a graphic about him hitting number 61. Like, give me a break, bro. He's got, he's got uh 13 games to hit it. I, I, I mean, he's going to hit it, but I'm just like, I, I, w- I just want him to hit it now. So ESPN can stop fucking sucking on his dick every single time he comes up to bat because it's every which day. Which one's which one's the more important? It's sixty two that would break the record. Well, technically right? sixty two is more important. Yeah, sixty one would tie Roger Maris. But I'm just like, just hit hit two in one game like Pujols did. Get it out of the way. I don't care anymore. I don't know, like, man. I think it's gonna come down to the wire. I got thirteen games left. He hasn't hit one now in seven games. He got walked yeah. four times tonight. I would. I mean. I, I don't hate Aaron Judge, don't get me wrong, but I think it would be hilarious if teams just walked him every at bat oh, for yeah. the rest of the season. Well, that's season. what they did. To, they did that to Barry Bonds. They walked yeah. Barry Bonds a ton. So, fuck it. What? I don't know. I think it'd be funny if he didn't because everyone's talking shit, <laughs> talking all this stuff about it. I think it'd be funny if he didn't get there. That's just me. Not trying to be a hater, but I am being a hater or whatever. Um so we talked we wanted to cover that a little bit of non-football stuff before we head into this next segment, uh, which is contenders or pretenders. Sorry, got Ethan the sloth over there moving at a snail's pace. Uh, I just I have to find the button because it's not labeled, <laughs> so I don't want to play something really stupid because there's some stupid sounds on this soundboard. You could, like, you just could have really done that. Um, so contenders or pretenders talked about this a little bit at the beginning of the broadcast. We are going to each name pick three teams and we're going to discuss about them whether or not they are real or fake, given that. You know what they were at the beginning of the year, how they are now. Given they if they weren't projected to be good, they're good now. So, what's your first team? Let's talk. Let's let's start it off. Oh, I'm gonna start it off hot, and you probably have this team too. Which I guess we'll just eliminate one of the teams we have to talk about. It's the Kansas City Chiefs. Are they contenders? I have them. I I had five. So, size. Um. Not to overreact about one week, because I I don't want to do that. I don't want to be the guy that's like, oh, they just lost to the Colts. They're they're automatically pretenders. But they came out, they smacked the Cardinals week one. 
They had a very close game with the Chargers, which was very poorly coached, and they could have lost that week too uh, at home. And they lost at the Colts. I think they have a tough enough schedule that's going to give them some fits. I don't quite think they figured out their offense. Uh, they're not – I don't think they're giving Travis Kelsey the ball enough. I think they're trying to spread it around to way too many receivers that aren't reliable. Whether or not they figure that out or not, don't know how long Harrison Butker is going to be out. To me, I think this team is going to be worse than they have been in the last five years. Uh, I don't think they're. I don't think they're a contender. I'm going to go pretender. Yes, they they will likely make the playoffs, but they don't pose a threat. I don't think to any team that's going to be up there for the Super Bowl. I was about to say the same thing. I think pretender in the sense that they're not going to win a Super Bowl this year. I don't think they're going to make a ton of noise in the playoffs like they have for the past four years. But um, the only other thing that I was going to say about this game is just that, or this team, sorry, not this game, is I feel like Andy Reid's playbook is almost too much for the weapons he has this year from years past. He could do some crazy shit mm-hmm. with guys like Tyreek Hill, Miko Hardman, Demarcus Robinson, but now he's got Juju, Marquez Valdez, Scantling. You've got, I think he still has Miko Hardman, right? But but those uh, but those two those first two guys you listed are just super vanilla guys. Like they're not exactly. They don't. They I, don't get I don't you ready. Them. They don't get you hard. <laughs> yeah, I don't exactly. I don't see Juju making like the cuts, the the speed down the field, the like the nasty jukes. Once you get. Out open in space that like Tyreek Hill, even Miko Hardman can do. Um, even Byron Pringle, when he came on briefly last year as kind of like this like sleeper wide receiver that they had, who's now on the Bears. Um, I was gonna say, and now he's gone. <laughs> yeah, I, I just feel like that this receiving core is not nearly, and I feel like this is this isn't like a hot take by any means, but it's just not nearly as talented as it's been in years past. So the playbook, which a little might lead you, might lead you to the question. Was Patrick Mahomes a product of the system? Not to say he's bad by any means. I'm not saying he's bad, but he's not an MVP level candidate like he was in years past with Tyreek Hill. And you're, you have to worry about him. And you have Travis Kelsey. And then you open up Miko Hardman. And like you said, Byron Brink. Like you have all these guys. Like if I play the if if I play the Chiefs this year, I'm genuinely not very scared of them. Yeah, I feel like. Personally, I think Patrick Mahomes is still a top five quarterback in the league, but what he's going to struggle with, I think for the rest of his life, career, not life, career, is that it's going to be hard to live up to his rookie season. I say that in quotes, it was a second year of throwing for 50 plus touchdowns, 5,000 yards. Like that's just not going to happen because you don't have the weapons you did or you, yeah, exactly. You don't have the weapons you did. I think you'll still perform. You're still going to put up numbers, but you're just not going to be, that guy that you were when you first came on into the league. And he's going to have to live with that. People yeah, kind of, I agree. I, I think he him. still has, he still has some weapons. I feel like if you give him the team, for instance, Aaron Rodgers does, it's like a seven one team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Call me crazy, but Aaron Rodgers, much Super talented. Just tough. Yep. I agree. All right, what you got? Yeah. Chiefs, Chiefs, I'm saying pretenders. Uh, let's go into one. Which I feel like we might be leaning the same way, but I've seen a lot of people talking them up over the last 24 hours after coming off this win is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, I think we're probably on the same page here. I actually have a I let off with yours, you lead off with mine. Yeah. Uh I have a co-worker, so have a co-worker who's actually a big 
Jacksonville Jaguars fan. He's from, well, he's not from Florida, but his family lives in Florida. Um, just grew up a Jags fan. Super hyped for the season. Try not to disappoint him too much. But, I, I mean, they're pretenders in the stance that I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I think the Titans and Colts will figure it out enough to um, make it a lot harder for them in this division. I think the Titans proved me wrong because after week one, I was like, this team is awful. Put in Malik Willis, season's over. Um, they look, they've looked better the last couple of weeks. They got the big win this past week on the Raiders, but I just, I just don't think they're there yet. They're very young. Trevor Lawrence is in his second year. He looks good so far. I know they paid Christian Kirk a lot of money, and so far it's paid off. He looks pretty good too. Um, but I think when you have that much young talent, it's just there's going to be a lot of bumps in the road along the way, and I feel like we'll start to see that as we get into midseason. People really start to figure it out. Other teams start to figure out what their scheme is, what they look like on offense and defense, and I think that that's going to catch up to them a little bit. I still think they're going to be way better than we thought they were going to be, um, but I, I don't see them winning more than like nine games, maybe. Oh, they're definitely not winning over. I still have them under – I th- I think they're – uh, season win total was seven and a half. I think I'm not completely sure, but I still have them under that. Um, they have some tough games coming up along the road. Yes, they have some very winnable games, but also I don't think this team talent wise is where they they need to be in order to make the playoffs. Uh, <clears throat> like we said earlier, they play the Eagles this weekend at the Eagles. I think this will be a big game against them. I mean, let's not get it. Let's not get it wrong. They lost to Washington. Week one, and then Which, they, they came out spanked the Colts. Okay, and they spanked the Justin Herbert less slash injured Chargers. Uh, they could very well be zero and three if if they play the Colts team that just played the Chiefs and they play a healthy Justin Herbert Chargers. They could be zero and three. We could totally be talking about how is it time to move on from Trevor Lawrence? <clears throat> yeah, no, I agree. I think though, like. It kind of goes back to my point that commanders game was a very winnable game, but uh, like the inexperience kind of showed a little bit there towards the end. I mean, Carson Wentz was trying to gift wrap you a win and you just couldn't capitalize. The defense didn't show up there at the end of the game. Um, I think that they're going to get a lot more hype over the next few weeks, even if they do lose to the Eagles, which I think they do because I could see them beating the Texans, potentially the Colts. They're not beating the the Colts twice. Sorry, the Giants, but then they just run into a gauntlet of teams that I think they're going to lose to. So. so that's what I was. I was. I have them being like five and two after that Giants game, but then they got Broncos, Raiders, Chiefs, Ravens. Jeez. Yep, they're going to lose to the Lions. At Lions, Titans, Cowboys. Like they could, they could go through a stint where they lose seven games in a row. Yeah, they very Big well time. could. So. I, I'm still I'm calling them pretenders. I don't think that they are. It, I I'm a big Trevor Lawrence fan. I hope he does well. However, I think people are praising him a little too early this year. So let's just pump the brakes on that. Give him another year or two, right. and I think that they might be okay. But for now, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, my we next got- team is we're gonna we're gonna switch to the NFC East. Um, I'm not gonna talk about the Eagles because I personally i think we're at the point to where they're contenders you might have different feelings but i'm gonna go with the dallas cowboys um i know Dak's out for a little while longer i get that but also they've won two games in a row with cooper rush at quarterback granted not 
super incredible teams that they've played. Um, so contenders or pretenders in terms of this, the rest of this season. So I was going to talk about this at the top of the show for the recap uh, about Dow about Dak Prescott's future in uh, in Dallas. I I don't I don't think they are contenders. Do I think they make some noise? Yes. Cooper Rush, I feel like can do more with this offense than Dak Prescott can. I just think he he has less care and less pressure to succeed than Dak Prescott does. And I think that's why he can make the throws he does. Uh, and he has just more confidence than what Dak, Dak Prescott does. Yeah, no, I, I can't argue with that. I feel like Dak is, don't get me wrong, a very good quarterback. Is he, is he top seven? I I don't know if I can make that. I don't say top 10 because I think he still is probably a top 10 quarterback in terms of pure talent. Um, but the only reason that I put this one in here is just because I feel like their next few games, like the commanders, you can win that game with Cooper rush. And then you run into the Rams, the Eagles, which you might lose those games with Dak or Cooper rush. And then by the time you get Dak back, hopefully mid season, you can make some noise down towards the end. I think this offense has potential to be good. I think the defense is a lot more improved than it's been in years past. Micah Parsons looks really good. Trayvon Diggs is still a trash can. Um, just, you know, full admittance. People can say all they want about that guy, but he lets up yards and yards and yards. Um, but I think that this team can be good with either at quarterback, but I, I would agree. I don't think that they're going to make any sort of like playoff push noise or Super Bowl push noise by any means. Bro, I am tired of the Ezekiel Elliott slander. slander. I'm tired of it. Dude, it's bad. I was seeing it last night when they played Monday Night Football. They were like, if this game doesn't tell you that like Tony Pollard should be RB1, yada, yada, yada. He's been so much better for such a long time now. I'm like, Ezekiel Elliott has not been bad. He's averaged over four yards of carry every single season. And it's like, okay, cool, because Tony Pollard can break off a run every now and then. Yeah, if Zeke had that same hole like last night on Monday night that Tony Pollard had, he would make that big run too. Like he's not bad. He's not a bad running back. And it pisses me. It pisses me off every time I see something on Twitter. Yeah. I want to reply to it. And here's my my big thing is Tony Pollard is a is a good running back too. I'm not gonna discredit that. So oh, my no. issue is is that the play calling for him compared to Zeke is so much different. It's like, it hey, is. Zeke, and let's run the ball right up the fucking middle into the defensive line where it's like, hey, Tony Pollard's in. Let's create some sort of hole. Let's let's create some sort of misdirection, some RPOs, like something to get the defense off balance. Whereas I literally feel like they don't do that for Zeke. And I could be wrong, but I'm just I'm just from what I see visually on the television, it just looks like they're like, oh, Zeke's in. Let's fuck him up. So that way Tony Pollard looks a lot better on the uh dude on the field. I don't know. That's exactly that's what I'm seeing. And even outside of that, like people are saying that like they're gonna they're a 50-50 split. Tony Pollard's gonna take it over. I mean, he hasn't for two years now. I don't think that they're gonna do it now. They paid Zeke, no. they know what Zeke is, and he's still doing well. I mean, even last night he had some big runs, he had good yards per carry. Yes, he didn't break off two big runs that Tony Pollard did, but outside of that. It, it makes me mad. So I just wanted to talk to touch on that. But outside of, I think that the Cowboys can make some noise. I think they could be an upset. 
for a team if they do make the playoffs. However, I don't think that they are Super Bowl contenders. Yeah, and then just to to further your point, Zeke averaged almost five yards carry last night and had a touchdown. So exactly, you know. like what are what are we what are we talking about here? Um, <clears throat> all right, my next team, my number two, it's team, and I don't want any bias. Uh, <laughs> I we had to say it, the Green Bay Packers. I want to talk about them. Yeah, um, non biased. I think they're still contenders. I like you think you defense. think like dead honest, you think they they could win the Super Bowl. Yes. And the reason that I say that, and there's a reason I don't hesitate either, is that one, their defense is legitimate this year. And I, I get they played a not healthy Buccaneers team. They played the fucking Bears and they didn't look great against the Vikings, but it seems like they always don't look great week one. I think we'll get a, a true like visual of what that defense actually is over the next couple weeks. Um, but the defense is going to be more of a focal point than the offense has been in recent years. And if they can hold up and be what they're supposed to be this year, I mean, they were coming out this year, they were projected to be a top three defense in the entire league, which even shocked me, but they have a lot of really good pieces back there. But I think on the flip side of that is that these young guys are going to start to figure it out with Aaron Rodgers. I think having somebody like Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball to them is going to elevate their play. Now I could be wrong and they could not figure it out. And these rookie receivers and some of these older receivers like Watkins and Cobb will continue to kind of not show out. We can't rely just on the run game. And then our offense is going to look lackluster. They'll do exactly what they did in the second half and we'll win 10 games. Um, But if it pans out, I think that this team does make a lot of noise. I think they can make noise in the playoffs. The NFC doesn't really scare me. The fact that we're talking about the, that the Eagles are the best team in the NFC potentially right now is a reason that it doesn't scare me too much. Prove me wrong is kind of where I'm at right now. I won't say that they're like the top cream of the crop in the NFC, but the NFC is just not the AFC. You put the Packers in the AFC. I've got a totally different story for you. They may not make the playoffs. That's that's just kind of where I'm at. Well, lucky for you, they have four (laughs) easy wins coming up in October. Uh, They have a very cake October schedule. They have a Mac Jones-less Patriots after he looked like he just got shot in the foot last week. Then they get the Giants and the Jets then the Commanders, and they round out October at the Bills, which will be their toughest game, obviously. Um, So I can see them rattling off four wins, being 6-1 and heading into that Bills game. Uh which granted to your point will help. Like you're not going to put a ton of pressure on your offense. I think they will be fit. Like they will be able to be fairly low scoring games while winning. So they're not going to have to, you know, put up 30 points to win those games. And they're young offensive pieces. Aren't going to be super stressed out to have to get open to make plays. So that'll be good uh, for that point. However, on the other side of things, not discrediting Aaron Rodgers, obviously, greatest quarterback that we've one of the greatest quarterbacks that we've seen in our lifetime. Uh, I just don't see this team. I see them. I, I can see them winning a playoff game. I just don't see them making it to the Super Bowl. I don't think they're strong enough, which, well, I would love that for you. I, I hope that they could beat some of the teams. I hope they could beat the Rams. hope they could beat the Eagles. Cause I really don't like the Eagles this year and all the hype they're getting, but I just don't know if it can happen. Yeah, to uh, to be fair, they haven't really made a whole lot of noise in the playoffs for the past <laughs> several <laughs> years because they're an NFC championship team, and that is all it seems like they will ever be. 
Um, I will say this, and it is not to necessarily fill you and Jared's egos, but if you had to tell me, or if you made me pick between the Dolphins and the Packers today, I would pick the Dolphins. I, I just think they're on making more noise in the playoffs. Yeah, and, or just just being the better team right now in general. I and I well, know that may seem obvious, but like I I just think that they're overall a better team. We will find out on Christmas we Day. Will. On will Christmas indeed. Day, that's going to be a hell of a day. That'll be what I mean. What a game! Uh, that yeah. that'll be a fun one. So no bad blood there. The the three drunk <laughs> brothers will still love each other. Uh, depending on where we are at in our perspective standings. However, that's where we're at with the Packers. So we each got one more team. Who do you got as your next team? Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Oh my god, I do have one more, don't I? For some reason, I thought I already said all three of mine. <laughs> we took a while um, on the Packers. My my last one, and this is, I guess this doesn't really fall into the category correctly, um, because it might be an obvious answer, but I felt it was a team that we needed to talk about, and it's the Cincinnati Bengals. Thoughts off the top of your head? Um, I don't. Yeah, like I I agree with what you just said to to begin this. I don't think they're as bad as a team as what they started out the season with. However, they're very much not contenders. We talked about this a little bit last week on how they ended last season on a good on a good streak. They went in. They weren't like the, a great team last year. They were good. They kind of got hot at the right time, went to the Super Bowl, very well should have and could have won the Super Bowl. But I think this season is a little bit more of what we should expect from them. Uh I, I just don't see it. They have v- very much losable games and they have very much winnable games the rest of the season. I think they will be an average team. They might sneak in, uh, in their division because it's kind of lackluster. They could win their division. They could sneak in as a wild card, but I don't think they'll make very much noise at all. As a matter of fact, I think regardless, they, they lose their first playoff game. If they make the playoffs. Yeah. Talk about a, uh, a Super Bowl hangover from hell. You know, I was talking about Super Super Bowl hangovers for the Rams, but the Bengals just... And I mean, I guess one thing that could really turn them around that I don't think is going to happen is if they traded for an offensive lineman that was worth a damn. And even one offensive lineman is not going to change that entire line. But that, that to me, fixing that offensive line is the only thing that's going to save their season because Joe Burrow is going to get sacked a hundred times this season if they don't figure something out. And that's that's something we talked about last year because I 
I think all of us last year didn't like the Bengals because they didn't address their offensive line. Then they made the playoffs. They made the Super Bowl. They almost won the Super Bowl. And they were like, okay, we're in a good spot. But they really didn't do much more than that offensive line. And then now it's showing. It's like, okay, this is an actual problem. They traded like B quality offensive linemen for B minus quality offensive linemen. And well, actually not even B I'd go like C because it's just like they, they change what they have four new offensive linemen, I think this year. And it's almost like they got worse. I think we talked about this last week, but yeah, it's just, it blows my mind. I mean, they beat, they beat the, the jets this week. Like that's no, like, okay, we're turning in the right Congrats. direction. Like you, you beat the jets. Uh, Joe Flacco finally had his game where it's like, okay, hey, the dude's 90 years old. He's not looking as good as what he did in years past or as what he did in the first two weeks. So congratulations. They have a gauntlet this week. Miami Dolphins, yep. Thursday Night Football. Finally, can we fucking finally get a primetime mm-hmm. game that's worth watching? I hope so. Uh, we might talk about it a little bit later, so I don't want to dive in too much, too much into it, but yeah. They are they are very much not contenders. All right, round us off. I have I have two teams that I kind of want to pick between. Uh, I'll make it the more interesting of the two, and we can dive into it. We talked about them a little bit on the top of the on top of the stream. Let's talk about this, the Philadelphia Eagles. Do you actually think? Okay, granted, take their schedule into concern. Take what they've done into into consideration. Do you actually think you look at this team and and they they are gonna they could win the Super Bowl? I think if you just look at them right now, yes. I I, I mean, it's hard for me. I mean, if we were going into the season, no, I'd have been like, yeah, they're gonna be good, but they're not. Because I I felt like going into the season, they were the team to beat in the NFC East. I wasn't a big but the Cowboys. I'm I'm gonna throw this at you before you keep going. The teams they've played. They barely beat the Lions. They they beat the Vikings, who you said were going to be third in that division, and they beat the Commanders. You're not wrong. And, and you want to and you want to and you want to crown them as potential Super Bowl champions. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm yeah. No, nope, you're not wrong. On that I, side. I don't think that they are the team to beat in the NFL or the NFC. Um, Kind of goes back to what I said earlier, though. The NFC, I, it's hard for me to pinpoint a team that is the team to beat in the NFC right now because I'm not a huge believer in the Rams this season. The Packers have their question marks, as we talked about. The Bucks really have some question marks. I'm still not a believer that that team's even going to be good enough to win their own division, though the Saints have not proven to be. Yeah, they have not been the team um, we thought they were. So the Bucks are probably going to win that pretty handily. But we're not talking about them. But you're right. And then, you know, we can talk about this in a or. We're probably not going to, but we could talk about this down the road. The Vikings all also almost lost to the Lions this weekend, which almost proves my proved my point further that the Lions are going to be a better team than the Vikings. I wish they'd have pulled that out. So yeah, I mean, I guess I guess when you look at it, you know, you stand back and you take a, a good second and you see that, yeah, they didn't really beat anybody worth a damn. Um, I don't know. I still don't want to call them pretenders. I, I I'm somewhere. I'm not pretenders. saying they're pretenders. Yeah. So this is kind between. of a gray area. Do I, because people are saying, and after this week, and I, I'm disbelief. They're like, Eagles, Dolphins, Super Bowl. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Let's let's pump the brakes there, because oh, I don't even think the Dolphins. I'll be happy 
and they're three and right now. I'll be happy if the Dolphins make the playoffs. I've never seen the Dolphins win a playoff game. They've been in the playoffs once since I've been a fan. I'll be happy if they make a playoff game. I'll be happy if they win it. Where I had them making the Super Bowl, I think I'd croak. Um, it's at it's in Vegas, right? Is it in Vegas? Because it was at it was in Los Angeles last year. Maybe there's an in between year. It's either in Vegas this year or next year. All I was gonna say is, if by some miracle the the Dolphins and the Packers make the Super Bowl, catch us booking plane tickets immediately. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be so much fun. That'd be so much fun. Uh, we would definitely have to go to that and make a trip of it for the three of us. I mean, I'd spend so happen. much money, but I, I wouldn't. It, I would go. I would That's go. The bachelor party right there. In a in a heartbeat, <laughs> yes. Ethan's bachelor trip. Hey, if you guys aren't Dolphins, right? Uh, Packers fans, fuck off. Um, <laughs> but on the other side, the Eagles. I mean, they play the Jags this week. And that's not that's no guarantee win. Cardinals no guarantee win. But like they have very easy, not easy, but winnable games. That you look at it and it's like, oh, they shouldn't have too much of a problem with that if they are. Hey, you talked about it earlier. Contender. They could go undefeated, but then you jump into the playoffs and it's a whole built up this is a whole different weekend. beast. Yep. And then you jump in and you're like, look at us. We were 15 and two, 16 and one, whatever. Jump in. You, you're big. I mean, you got a bye week, whatever, but then you play like the Rams or maybe a, a well better equipped Packers team, the Bucks. <laughs> you play the fucking somebody in the South or sorry, somebody in the, uh, North, it's not the Packers. Maybe the Vikings. Maybe you play the 49ers. I don't know. The NFC is just so and com- That's what I'm saying. Call to- me crazy. All the NFC teams that are playoff dangerous, the Packers, the Bucks, the Rams, are all playoff veteran teams. I'm sorry, You get the Bucks in the first round of the playoffs, you're getting fucking knocked out. You're getting knocked yeah. out by them. I, I know I was high on Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown. As fantasy players heading into the year, they've done pretty solid. But you put you put those two in the playoffs, and it's like, I'm sorry, you're getting locked down. So for me, they're not pretenders because I think they're going to make the playoffs. I think they'll make a little bit of noise. But I don't think they make hot take call night right now, September 27th. I don't think they make the NFC Championship game. And I don't think that's a crazy prediction. I think... I think it's going to be at JK right somewhere in between. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Jesse. One of our good friends, um, huge Eagles fan. Don't know how he's an Eagles fan. I, I've never <laughs> asked him that question, but then again, I also don't know how I became a Packers fan. I mean, I do, but I don't. Hey, um, you know what? Whenever your hometown doesn't really have a good football team slash a football team at all. Yeah. You you That's all we got to say about that. Exactly. So, Contenders, pretenders, new little series we added since we didn't have anything else to add in without Jarrett this week. Uh, we're going to roll into the Generous Digest. And that's my point about hitting the wrong button because they're not labeled. <laughs> I'm leaving fucking, it. Too. We're leaving it yeah. right in there. A uh, little crow action. Um, that I mean that if that just doesn't describe what our gambling has been this year, I don't know what will because it's been <laughs> it's been crickets, it's been violence. crows. You just fucking throw picks out. 
and that's what we that's what we've done. Um, dartboard, dartboard. Me, I'm throwing dartboard left hand with a blindfold on. That's what <laughs> me I have been. So you miss the dartboard, you get a pick wrong. I am down 16 units, ladies and gentlemen. I think this is the worst I've been podcast history. I think I said that earlier on in the year, but it's not. It's not getting any better. I hope it does. I told you that I. I've made a little bit of switch up on how I address my picks. I know I've been a little bit vanilla favorite heavy over the last few weeks. So I'm going to switch it up. And of course, this might be the week that favorites is rock shit, but we'll see. So I'm 10 units, roughly 10-ish units down below Jarrett and Ethan. Jarrett and Ethan are within a unit apiece of each other. Uh, so hopefully let's make a comeback, Travis. So without further ado, I mean, we're going to keep rolling into it until we are, we just cannot win anymore. So we're going to continue our 10-unit picks. Ethan, I will let you start it. If you don't go in chronological order. Oh, I got you. I got you. I'm going to fucking I got the you. dates. I got the times. I've got everything in front of me this week. We are. Did you need to, to take go. a break? Yeah, I got to take a piss. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. We'll be right back. <laughs> and we'll jump right into it. All right, Deserves Digest. Let's roll into it. Let's do it. You got a Thursday night game? Do I have a Thursday night game? Correct. I indeed do. Okay, I think we both do, which I think means we both might have the same game off the bat. So I will jump into it. I won't take too much of the talking points if you have this as well. Um, it is the Thursday night football game. It is your Miami Dolphins against the Cincinnati Bengals. The Dolphins are underdogs in this game by, I believe it was two and a half points. Um, I don't give a shit about the points. Give me Dolphins money line at plus 160 at two units. I, I don't even know. I mean, I get it. Let's on the road. The Bengals are still to the media. To Vegas, to everybody else, they're still the Bengals. They still have a quote-unquote dynamic offense. The Dolphins are just far and away the better team here. I, I, the points to me don't matter. Give me the money line at plus 160. I think the Dolphins should handle this game with ease. You might have a different take. You may not, but give me give me the, the money line all day. Yeah, um, I do have this game on my slate. I'm pretty upset because right before the season started, this weekend is my wife and I's first wedding anniversary. So we were looking at like, you know, a Dolphins game to go to throughout the year. They're in Cincinnati. It's very, very drivable. Uh, hey, it's our wedding anniversary weekend. So we were going to go. We decided not to because tickets were nuts. And, uh, after they won on Sunday, I had mentioned it to her and she was not very happy that now that they're three and zero that, <laughs> that we would go to the game on Thursday. So we're not <laughs> going, it's kind of upsetting. She wouldn't take off work for it. Life of being a fourth grade teacher. Um, but I do have the same thing. I cannot not take them in this game, especially seeing Jared had sent us a, it's a TikTok stat, but it is a stat. I think favorites are not even favorites, but like the spreads of games have come into play 
six out of like 54 times this year or, or whatever. It's very, very minimal. So when you're thinking about it, if you're going to take the favorite, you take them with the points. If you're going to take the underdog, you might as well take them money line because they're yep. going to win. They're not going to just cover. So at the three points, I know Ethan said two and a half, but I think it's up to three now. Regardless, that's not going to mean shit to me. They're gonna if they're gonna lose, they're gonna lose by more than three. Taking the money line, I think their offense has shown, you know, much more flashes than the Bengals offense. Nonetheless, their offensive line. Now, the Dolphins offense or the Dolphins defensive line isn't anything to write home about at all. But Against that against that offensive line, I think they're going to be able to eat. The, the Dolphins bring a lot of blitzes. If you didn't watch the game against the Bills, they brought blitz probably 70% of the time. They do that against Joe Burrow, and people are like, oh, Joe Burrow's good against the blitz. Yeah, but he's not probably that good against Javon Holland and the people the Dolphins are going to bring blitzes against. I'm sorry. He's just not going to break those tackles. So Dolphins, would you say plus 160? That's what I had him at, yeah. What are your units? Two. Let's do it. Two units. Dolphins plus one sixty. Bang. To me, to me, that was almost my lock of the week. I I couldn't make it a lock of the week because it was an underdog, and there's always still question marks with road teams. But it, it, to me, it's just the, it's one of the easiest picks I had this week. The, starting the right off, the bat. breaking out the new uniforms, the all whites. Dolphins. I mean, they're coming up. They're looking to. They're looking to go for and be one of the last undefeated teams in yep. the NFL. So, like that duplicate picks. Give me your next one. Um, I'll pause on that. Do you have a Friday game? I do not. Okay, I do. So I'll just jump into my next pick. Then that's easy enough. Um, I have a Friday at six p.m. game. It is Tulane at Houston. <laughs> This will be a really watch. I really wanted to stay away from this game because these two teams, I think, have dis- disappointed all of us this season um, in one way or another in terms of the spread or whatever the case may be. But the more that I looked at this game, the more that I really like. Jerk? Sorry? Are you going knee-jerk reaction based on last week? No, I'm actually not. I I looked into their their games this entire season. Um, even looked into a little bit of the end of last season unintentionally because I just didn't notice the dates on. I, I was looking on Vegas Insider and it listed their previous six games. And to me, it didn't click that they haven't played six games this season. <laughs> but then I figured <laughs> it out, looked into it. Regardless, I'm not taking the spread one way or another with this game because I think it's too big of a toss up. Um, I think Houston probably wins this game and they probably cover, but I could be wrong. So because of that, I'm actually going with the over under. And I'm taking the over of 55 in this game at two units. Houston has hit the over in every single game this season, and no line in any of their games was below 53. Um, and then outside of their 10-point effort that they had against Kansas State, Tulane has put up at least 24 points in every single game. I understand that they've played some dog shit teams, um, but they've also put up 40-plus, 50-plus in a couple of games and I think that this game turns into a shootout. I think 55 is almost too low, even as high as it is. Um, I put two units on it as well. Give me the over in the Tulane Houston game at 6 p.m. on Friday. I like that. Yeah, Houston has had a pretty struggling defense uh, for 
you know, the last few years. So I don't mind that. I thought, like, the more I looked into it, I thought you were going to go with Houston minus two and a half. I think that is also a solid play. Uh, if Dana Holgerson loses a home game to Tulane, this is the game that would get him fired with what yeah. they started out as. They started out as a ranked team. Now they're two and two. You go two and three with a loss at home to Tulane, that, that gets you fired. Sorry, there's no way of looking around it. So I would be fine either way. I do like the over 55 and a half. It, it would make me a little bit nervous if I were to take Houston because you're looking for a high-powered game. Uh, but maybe a little teaser action. Maybe you tease Houston plus five and a half over 47 and a half, seven-pointer. Don't mind that at all. Uh, so I like that. There were a couple of Friday night games that I eyed. Actually... The more the now that I look at it, I do have a Friday night game, but it was later on. So oh, look I'm at sorry. That. I didn't know it was on Friday. <laughs> it is a 9:30 game on Friday, ESPN number 15, Washington at UCLA in the Rose Bowl. Um if I call me crazy in this again, this might be a vanilla pick. Washington is three-point favorites on the road. However, I have to take Washington here. Minus three. They've looked so good. Uh, they steamrolled Michigan State, although you know it ended up being an 11-point game. They they mowed over them the entire game. On the other side of things, UCLA in the Rose Bowl, I don't think they get a whole lot of like fans. A lot of them might be fair weather. I mean, it's LA in the Rose Bowl on a Friday night. Uh, people have other things to do. Washington 4-0 against the spread. UCLA 2-2. Washington's offense with Michael Penix Jr. has looked absolutely unstoppable. Uh, on the other side of things, UCLA relies a lot on the run. They have DTR, who pulls it down a lot to run. They have Zach Charbonnet, who runs a lot. They average 220 rushing yards a game. When you look on the other side of the ball, Washington so far through four games has only allowed 89 yards a game on the ground. So, they're going to have to find a way to move the ball, and I don't think they're going to be able to pass a ton. Uh, call me crazy unless that Washington just can't figure out a read option scheme around them. I think they will be able to do so. 15th-ranked team in the country gets it done, doesn't lose early on a Friday night, keeps their ranking, wins by more than three. I'm taking Washington minus three at a unit. I actually really like that pick because I almost picked it myself. I, I wanted to choose between Friday games because um, I didn't want two, which I know is a dumb reason. Don't care. I mean, you um, have three games within by the weekend. Exactly. Um, so I went with the one that I wanted. I trusted my gut more on, but I actually really like that pick. I almost took Washington minus three myself. I think this is going to be a really fun game to watch. For those of us on the East Coast, it's going to be a really hard game to watch the entirety of because it doesn't start until 1030 my time. <laughs> but it's on ESPN. Um, it's I, I think it's going to be a really good matchup. I do think that Washington ends up winning winning this game by a score um, or more. So really good pick there. I think a unit on it's good. I almost I, if I was gonna pick it when I was originally thinking, I was gonna put two on it. So I think that's a great pick. Love it, love it. All right, Saturday. What's your first? Pick I have you got. I have one Saturday game, so I only have one other college game, so I'll just jump into it. It is the Michigan at Iowa game. It is 11 a.m. on Saturday. Um, Michigan is nine and a half point favorites, and that's exactly what I'm taking. 
Um, I know Michigan Are they nine and a half? Ran into their nine and a half. Yep. So I know Michigan ran into their first real test and didn't really overly impress against Maryland last week. Um, but I still I still think that they're probably the best team in the Big Ten. I think I personally think they're a better team than Ohio State. People can disagree. You might disagree. Um, but I, I've got Michigan as the best team in the Big Ten and Iowa, who doesn't know how to score at all. Um, they looked a little bit better this past weekend, but when you put up seven points against Iowa State and then you put up seven points against what was it, South Dakota State. Um, I, I just don't trust you being able to cover even a nine and a half point spread against the powerhouse that is Michigan. Um, I'm only putting a unit on it because I'm not super confident in myself and I know they're on the road, but Michigan by far and away, the better team here. Give me the nine and a half point spread. Um, one unit. That's what I'm going with. I have this game as well. I have a unit and a half on the same thing. Um, Michigan. Has looked like a powerhouse start of the season. They're ranked number fourth over uh, in the country. You cannot afford to not beat Iowa by double digits and expect to make the college football playoff. I mean, yes, you can, I guess, if you really want to challenge me on it. You could beat them and come down to a close game, and that'd be the only game that was close. You go undefeated. However, on the other side of things, you really want to impress everyone. You're going to win this game by double digits. Michigan has a very good defense. They let up 27 points to Maryland and Tua's brother, sure. However, Iowa, Spencer Petras is not Tua's brother. They are garbage. They are dog shit. They don't know how to score. Michigan should shut them down. If they cannot beat them by double digits, by double digits I will not take them seriously the rest of the year. And that's kind of where I'm at with that. So. They're going to be auto-fade. Exactly. So I take them. I like that. A unit and a half. Um, my next game. Let me find it because I have a handful of college <laughs> games. I don't know when I will learn my lesson, but I don't think I'll be able to. Um, it is at 2.30 on Saturday. It is Rutgers at Ohio State. Number two, Ohio State. Guys, the spread on this game is 40 and a half points. I cannot wrap my head around a scenario where Rutgers, a three and one team, granted they just lost to Iowa 27-10, loses by over 40 points. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. To an in-conference rival in Ohio State, 
It might be on the road. Yes, sure. Rutgers, on the other hand, I lost 250 yards a game, 17 points per game. They've played a couple nobodies, yes. But to run up the score by over 40, I mean, Rutgers is going to put up a handful of points. I mean, they're not going to put up a lot. But I think Ohio State would have to score 60-plus and over in order to hit this. I don't see that happening. Uh, I think Rutgers covers plus 40 and a half. I think it's close. I think they might lose by 30 and some change. But plus 40 and a half is where I'm at, and I'm taking also a unit and a half on that. Yeah, so you think about, like, jump back 10 years, I guess, and everybody was talking, you know, SEC football. It's really strong defenses, low-scoring, like, gritty, grinding-out games. Fast forward 10 years, that's big the Big Ten. It's the Big <laughs> yes. Ten now. And so when you think about a 40-and-a-half-point spread in a Big Ten matchup where, yes, it's Ohio State, sure, they're they're a high-powered offense, to even put up 40 points in a Big Ten game, it seems like, these past few years, is impressive If you're unless you're playing a non-conference opponent. So to me, 40-and-a-half 40, 40 points is a no-brainer because this game might be like, 31 to 10 or something like that, or 31 to seven. I don't know. I'm just making up scores, but yeah, that's such a big spread for an in-conference matchup and a big 10 matchup at that. If you're going to, if you're going to take, if you don't think that Rutgers can cover 40 and a half, you might just want to take the over because the over is 59. I think Rutgers is going to put up a couple touchdowns. So if you don't think they're going to cover, you might as well just take the over. I in, in my personal belief, I just think that 40 points in a conference matchup is way too much. I don't care who it is. Yeah. And Rutgers isn't terrible. They're not awful. They're not good. I don't think they have a chance of winning this game. But come on. That's a little ridiculous. Um, how many college games you got left? Uh you just go on in there. It doesn't matter. We don't have to go like in order total. Just chronologically, in terms of our picks, we can go in order. Love that. All right. Then my next game is an 8.30 in the morning NFL game. And it is Are our a London first, game this week? It is our first London game of the year. And it is the Saints and Vikings. The Saints are the technical home team. Obviously, that does not matter in this scenario. Um, and the Vikings are two-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, I am taking the Viking, the Vikings as the favorites here, and I'm taking the spread at two and a half points in London. Um, I tried to look into kind of like the London statistics over the last 15 or so years. Cause the London game started in 2007, I believe if I remember correctly, um, that was not that helpful at all. So the, since 2007, <laughs> it's pretty much dead even on teams um, winning as favorites against the spread. It's about 50, 50 and it's about 50, 50 for the over under. Um, I have noticed a trend recently that the under has been hitting more. Um, So if if anything, if you don't like the Vikings minus two and a half, I would lean the under of 44. You've got two teams that are traveling overseas. Um, You know, you've got a few days to prepare over there you're playing in an unfamiliar place i think that the one thing that struggles to get going are the offenses when you play in a place 
like that when you're flying super long distance. But I also think that the Vikings, though they have struggled and though they have not been the team that we look like, the Saints have too. It's a two and a half point spread. I think that the team that's going to get going the quickest is probably that Vikings offense. It's not a primetime game, so we don't got to worry about Kirk Cousins sucking dick. Um, and then what a dog shit game though. goal in a neutral zone. I, I, I like that. I put two units on it. I would lean the under if you don't like that spread. The game itself sucks. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I mean, I don't love anything be awake about for that. It. I don't love anything about that game. Uh, two teams that this year I have cared not to watch at all. Uh, not at all. So, yep. yeah, don't care about it. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't mean, I don't mind it. I think the, I think the Vikings should take care of business. We will see. That's all we I got. See. It's my least confident see. pick of the weekend, even though I put two units on it. All right. Fair enough. I don't like a lot of NFL this week. So the rest of mine are college picks. I only have the one uh, Dolphins pick and that's it. All so. Right. The the rest of mine are college picks. The next one of mine is also at the same air a little bit later. It's at 2.30 on Saturday, and I just want to gouge my eyes out for you picking this game, Ethan. <laughs> I think you're going to know what, the, way I'm, the way I'm going. It is the Iowa State at Kansas, 2.30. Yep. Iowa State is a favorite at Kansas, and I'm sorry – I, it, this is not a personal decision, ladies and gentlemen. This is a business decision that I have to make. Kansas is 4-0 against the spread. They're at home. They beat Houston. They beat West Virginia. They just beat Duke. Iowa State, a team who I had talked about at the beginning of the year, lost a lot of people. They managed to write off a few wins. They beat Iowa barely. They just got beat by Baylor. Being a favorite on the road, I think, is a bad move. I really do. So I have to take Kansas money line plus one thirty for a unit, and it, it hates me. I hate it. I hate to do, have to do it, but I have to. I don't even blame you. I it like you said, it's hard. It's a win win though. To say you're right, it is a win win. You either you either make your money or Kansas loses. Or Kansas loses. So, but it, you're right. It's Kansas looks good this year. It's really hard to say. It's hard to say out loud. It's almost like, you know, it might be more like rewarding to us as Mizzou fans to see them fail at the end of the year when they have all these right. high expectations. But as of right now, it's hard to bet against them with the way that they. And play. if they if they were going to Iowa State, I can see this spread. But Iowa State coming to them being three point favorites. Yeah, it just doesn't make any. It doesn't make any sense to me. I think people are going to look at this. Just like they have for the first four games. They're going to look at this and be like, oh, Kansas sucks. They're going to bet against Kansas. They're going to doubt Kansas. I haven't looked at it, but I would imagine most of the money is going to be coming in on Iowa State. So I feel comfortable taking this underdog at home, home dogs. Uh, Yeah, I don't love it, guys, but I got to do it. Got to do it. Fair enough. All right. What do you got? I have two games left. Just full disclosure, I only had six on my slate again this week. Um, But my next one is a noon game on Sunday. It is the bears and giants game. So bears at the giants, another gross game. 
me and Travis <clears throat> talked about this yes. earlier off air. Um, the slate in the NFL, even in college this week, but in the NFL just was not great for betting this week and really not that great for watching. Um, but I had to pick some and I picked the ones that I really felt good about. This one I feel pretty good about, even though they're coming off of a loss. Um, I, I like the Giants minus three and a half here at a unit. Um, Bears are one of the worst teams in general, but that's not what I was going at. They're one of the worst teams against the run. And Saquon Barkley has looked outstanding this year, just to put it kind of bluntly. Even in games where they haven't looked good as an offense, he's still produced. The Bears can't stop the run. Um, I think that he has a big game. The Giants also are kind of bottom tier against the run, but David Montgomery is a question mark. Khalil Herbert looked pretty decent last week, and by decent, I mean he looked really good. He had 150 yards of offense. Um, but that passing game for the Bears is just atrocious. It's so bad. It's unwatchable football. Justin Fields is proving that he was not worth moving up in that draft to pick him. And I, was I mean, Jared by said that. It, Jared does it week in week out, and he said it to us in our group chat that you take Justin Fields under in passing attempts. I don't know what yep. it is, but they just don't throw the ball, and it's ugly. Yeah, they they really don't. I mean, he had what? I know he had 11 against the Packers two weeks ago, and I think last week he had 16 passing attempts. 17. Yeah, just just horrendous football in general. Like, overall, it's just not a good game of football that the Bears are playing. Um, Giants, I think, are going to win this game pretty handily, even as a team that I'm not super confident in. I don't think that they're for real. I know they're 2-1, and one, and I know a lot of people are like, oh, the Giants are actually good this year. No, they just played decent games and they've played shit teams and they're going to play another shit team this week and they're going to take care of business. If I had to lean anything outside of the spread, just like I said with the Saints Vikings, I'm leaning the under of 38 here because I don't think either of these offenses are putting up points. All right. I don't hate it. I do not hate it, my friend. Um, I've got a couple more picks for you. So I have a total of three, four, five, six, seven. Um, I'm going to make this. All right. My next pick is on Saturday at three o'clock. So I'm jumping. I jumped around a little bit. It is number 17, Texas A&M at Mississippi State. I'm going the opposite here. We have a home favorite in which the fact that they should not be uh, Texas A&M has looked solid. They beat Arkansas. They beat Miami. And everyone's going to look back at that loss against Appalachian State. Yes, they may have just had a bad game. However, you look on the flip side of things, Mississippi State, they've had some wins, but they really have not beat anyone impressive yet. For me, A&M team coming off of a win against Arkansas, I like their chances here on the road at Mississippi State, which I don't believe is like a super big threat. For me, at plus 150 value, I like that. I'm laying two units on AM money line, plus 150. I think that's a great pick. I think the fact that they're underdogs is kind of crazy. Um, Mississippi State hasn't impressed me this year at all, even for being um, as high up in the rankings as a team as they are. Texas AM, again, we talked about it last week. The reason I picked them and the reason I got fucked by a half a point. Um, is because they're supposed to be a top 10, top five team. They're supposed to be a college football playoff contender. And so I think that if they want to exactly. continue to try to be that, though it's going to be hard to recover from an App State loss, they have to go out and they have to win this game and they have to win win it convincingly. 
So a road win at Mississippi State is something that I think is is a good pick, especially for the value. Yeah, I mean, plus 150, I got to take that all day long. So I got one more after that. Do you have any more? I have one more. It is my last two-unit play. So I have three two-unit plays and two one-unit plays. Sorry, four two-unit plays, two one-unit plays. This is my last two-unit play. It is also a noon game on Sunday, so I'm done after noon on Sunday. Um, It is the Titans at the Colts. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. And it's kind of another game of the shit bowl, I guess. But Titans have looked a lot better. Colts rebounded last week. So hopefully it'll be a better game. Um, I really like, though, the team that I think has shown a little more promise than the other in this division. And I'm taking the Titans on the road money line at plus 142. Again, the value was kind of too good for me to pass up on. The Colts still, even though they just came off a win against Kansas City, their offense just doesn't scare me. Their defense looked a lot better. Um, The Titans on the flip side, I think, have kind of found their rhythm a little bit more on offense. Um, Derrick Henry finally finding the space that I thought he would find the first two weeks. He found it last week. I think he'll continue to do so. Um, Ryan Tannehill looked to be a little bit more in rhythm with his receivers this past week. I get that. He hasn't looked great, um, and I've said it myself. I was big on like the you know put Malik Willis in. Said it the past couple of weeks, but I think that something that I forgot over the first couple of weeks of the season is that Ryan Tannehill's thrown pretty much to all new pass catchers, and so I think it took a couple of weeks to kind of find that rhythm. I think he's starting to find it with Robert Woods a little bit, a couple of his other receivers, and I think that'll show here. I think they'll just have the better day, um, and they'll outlast the Colts. Is kind of what I'm looking at this game. I think it's a lower scoring game maybe like a 24 21 finish but uh give me the titans money line two units i like that i think a lot of people are going to look at the at last week and think the colts are better than what they are so i do like that my next pick i didn't include one last week but i uh i need some catching up to do so this is kind of insurance for for uh for what has happened to start the year so if i lose it it's just the unit but it could be a big upside for me. So it is a parlay for those of you who couldn't get onto it. But I'm betting on myself here. I'm betting on myself. It is a five-leg money line college football parlay. It starts with Washington. I know I had them minus three, but I'm taking the money line at UCLA. Next leg is Michigan at Iowa. We, me and Ethan both had them minus nine and a half. But we're gonna, I'm going to take them money line in this parlay as well. Then I have Kansas at home against Iowa State. Had them solo, taking them in this parlay too. Again, with AM taking them money line in this parlay as well at Mississippi State. I think they're the better team. Rounding it out with a fifth pick of Cincinnati at Tulsa. Better team, obviously. Must win game for them uh, to prove what they were. This five leg parlay, ladies and gentlemen, is, a, is plus 1,453. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Talk about betting so on this yourself. alone. This alone could catch me back up huge 
for the week. So taking what I have already taken, throwing four to five of them in the parlay could get me to a huge spot in the standings. I mean, that'd literally jump you back up 10 units with one play. So, uh, I, 14. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that'd almost bring me back even to better. even just in that one play. And then if you add in all the single plays that I had with it, I'm back in the green folks. So I'm betting on myself this week. Ethan had some good plays. I like what we have. I think Jared is going to add his plays at the end of the segment here. So we'll give time for those. We'll give time for those right now. All right. I'm here with my picks. Uh, thanks, Travis, for the fantastic segue there. Uh, Got to work on those on the weeks I'm not on the episode. Uh, but anyway, I am going to do the same thing I did last week. I was the only one of the, I guess, now three drunk brothers that was in the green last week. Um, and I have – so I'm going to do three college plays, three NFL plays, um, and I'm going to give them to you right now. So college, I'm going to kick it off on Saturday, uh, Saturday morning, 11 a.m. Central Time. I am taking Kentucky plus six and a half at Ole Miss. Listen, I think uh, you know this is just a fact of me taking the better team here. You look at against the spread records this year in the SEC, um, Kentucky is a solid three and one. Uh, and it's not that Ole Miss is bad. They're two and two. But Kentucky's three and one. Their average margin of victory is 18 points. Not saying they're going to win this one. I think this is a close fought game. So give me the uh, Kentucky Wildcats plus six and a half at a unit and a half at 11 a.m. on Saturday. Then I got an early afternoon game on Saturday as well. It's at 2.30. I hate to do this since I'm a Mizzou alumni, but I am going to take the Kansas Jayhawks plus three um, at home versus Iowa State. Listen, until Vegas starts respecting the Jayhawks and what they've done, again, it pains me to say that. Um, we have to, you know, you have to keep betting on them. They keep proving us wrong week in and week out. Um, and to make them home dogs against Iowa State's, is a little bit of a farce. One of my least confident plays of the week, I'm only putting a unit on that. So Kansas plus three at home against Iowa State. Their quarterback's been solid, play's been solid this year. And I think that's what ultimately what it comes down to college football. Better quarterback play results in, in wins. Um, may even want to sprinkle a little bit of money line, but I'm playing it safe and taking the plus three. And then I got a late night play for you. It's late at night. I don't know the time. I think it's like 10 o'clock Central Time. Um, it is UNLV at home versus New Mexico. UNLV is minus 14 point favorites, and that is who I'm taking. Uh, point blank period, uh, you know, New Mexico's bad. I mean, New Mexico's probably one of the worst teams in college football. Um, and you look at a UNLV team, they're 4-0 against the spread. They're coming off a, a big uh, road win, 10-point road win against Utah State. They mollywop Texas, North Texas at home. Uh, hung tough with Cal on the road, only lost to Cal by a touchdown. Um, so, again, I think they're just the superior team. Meanwhile, you look at New Mexico, uh, they just got blanked by LSU, an LSU team that's average, I think. Um, they beat UTEP great, but then they lost to Boise by 17. Um, and they played Maine in week one, who's not even an, uh, an FBS program. Uh, so I think UNLV gets the job done here. Two touchdown favorites, I'm taking them at a unit and a half um, for the late night Saturday game. Um, again, my three NFL plays, I actually have one on Thursday Night Football. Didn't want to do it. I'm taking the Dolphins' money line. They're plus money right now, obviously, um, so I'm going to lean them uh, at just a unit. The The question of whether two is going to play or not is, is kind of up in the air, and the reason you're like, hey, Jared, why not take the plus four? Well, I don't know if Ethan and Travis talked about it, but I sent them a TikTok. I can't remember the user's name off the top of my head, so let me go ahead and pause this and, and figure that out. All right, I figured out who it was. It is Lock and Cash Sports on TikTok, and it looks like he just created a Twitter. So it's at Lock and Cash. No and sign, just Lock and Cash spelled out. Basically, he had a stat that says it was 41 and 6. Um, 
basically what it's saying is there's been 47 games in the NFL so far this season, and the spread has not mattered in 41 of those games. What that means is if it's been a dog, like a, like an underdog, they've won it outright. Um, and then if it's been like, you know, a favorite and you think they're going to win, they've covered the spread. So even if they're like a 10-point favorite, if they win that game, they're covering the spread. 41-6, and six, so that means only six games the spread has mattered, if that makes sense. So that's why I'm taking the Dolphins' money line at the value, one unit at plus 165. Uh, I don't think the spread's going to make a difference. I know the, the health of two is up in the air. I think Joe Burrow's offensive line is trash. The Dolphins put out a script last week on how they can rush the passer and put pressure on Josh Allen. I think they do the same thing to Burrow. It's whether or not if Xavier Howard can lock up um, Jamar Chase is the big thing. And if our third and fourth string corners, since Byron Jones is still out, can you know cover T. Higgins and, those, and the rest of those uh, Bengals weapons. Um, so I'm going I'm to lay the Dolphins' money line there. My second play is a Sunday game uh, at noon. It is the Browns minus one and a half against uh, the Falcons. Listen, I don't know why this spread is so close. Again, um, you know, the Falcons, they've, they've hung tough with some teams this year. They're one and two currently. They just won on the road, and they beat uh, the, the Seahawks. But the Browns have looked solid even without Deshaun Watson. Uh, they can run the ball. They can pound the rock. Uh, Jacoby, Jacoby Brissett has been good in his spots. He's been fine as a quarterback. And I think they win this game here easily. Uh, so the one and a half to me is no no-brainer. I know it's in Atlanta. I don't think road versus home matters too much in the NFL unless you're in a situation like Buffalo coming down to play in the South Florida Heat or something like that. You know, Atlanta's a dome. Cleveland isn't too, too far away from Atlanta. I think they easily get this one done. So I'm taking the Browns um, at um, minus one and a half at two and a half units. So I have two bigger NFL plays. And my last big NFL play is going to be the Monday night football game. I'm taking the Rams' money line over the Niners. I have no idea why they are not favored in this game. It may seem like a trap line to me, but this is just me taking my gut and taking the better team here. Rams' money line at plus 115 at 2.5 units. Listen, we saw what the Niners were not able to do um, on Sunday night, Sunday night football this past week. They weren't able to move the ball against the Broncos. I know the Broncos have a good defense, but hey, so do the Rams. They have a very, very solid defensive line, good corners, Jalen Ramsey, um, and, you know, linebacking spots are kind of weak, but I just think the Niners are missing Mike McDaniel more than they're willing to admit. You know, Jimmy G did not look great, stepped out of the back of the end zone for a safety last week. The decision-making is questionable there, uh, and then through, throwing some uh, a big pick to, to end the game uh, when they could have drove down and kicked a game-winning field goal. So I think the Rams were the better team. They had that loss in week one to the Bills. They seemed to kind of bounce back. I know they played the Falcons tough, and they just kind of, you know, beat the Cardinals, I would say pretty handily. I know the score doesn't really say that, but they really were never in doubt that they were going to lose that game. I think we see a very, very similar game here against the Niners. Um, I know it's on the road. Again, I don't think road games have as much of an impact in the NFL that like they do in college. Uh, so the Rams being the better team, more weapons, uh, I think they kind of use the same script that uh, the Broncos did, but a little bit better to beat, to beat the Niners. You know, Contain them on the ground. Don't let them get out in open space. Contain Debo Samuel. Um, and you can get that done. As long as Jalen Ramsey's lining up on Debo Samuel, I think that there's no doubt in my mind they win this game. And again, going back to that stat that Lock and Cash said, you know, 41-6, and six, the spread has not mattered in 41 of those games. You could say, you know, take the Rams plus two for a little insurance. No, forget that. Take the points, shove them. I'm, I'm going to take a money line at plus 115 at two and a half units. So running down my card again, again, six games, three college, three NFL. My three college games all on Saturday. Kentucky plus six and a half at Ole Miss. Uh, Kansas plus three uh, at home against Iowa State. UNLV minus 14 at home versus New Mexico. 
My NFL games, Thursday Night Football, Finns money line at plus 165 for one unit. Browns minus one and a half at two and a half units. And Rams money line on Monday Night Football at two and a half units at plus 115. Best of luck, boys. Uh, I'm excited to hear Ethan and Travis's picks. You guys have a great weekend, and I'll see you guys next week. And that is Degenerates Digest. That is your episode 177. Ethan, you got anything else to add? Um, let's have a better week than we've had the past few weeks. If we don't, we need one. We need one. I'm bad. blaming. I'm just We're- blaming the football gods because all these picks every week, man. They just and. We're not even the only ones that are getting screwed here, man. I'm seeing things on Twitter. I'm seeing things around betting, gambling world that people are just, it's just been a tough, tough sledding year so far in college football and the NFL in terms of gambling. So hopefully we can write the ship here, but we're going to write the ship. If not, we can, we can make some tweaks to Jenner's digest and, and kind of some of the picks that we make and maybe go back to some of the older style that we used to do for the last couple of years. But if not, we're going to ride the ship this week. We're going to trust our gut. We're going to roll into it. Week four NFL, week five college football. Until next time, we'll see you next week. And we'll put out some uh, some player props for you guys later this week once we have a better idea of who's playing, who's not. So, Yes, we will. We didn't get to last week because nothing was out when we recorded. So we'll put them out for you on the socials later this week to recover that. Peace. Otherwise, peace.